from a two-game slate the first day. We bounced up to a 12-game slate for day two, and now we bounce back to another two-game slate for day three in the NBA. Hopefully the NBA is off to a good start for you. I'm actually recording this on Wednesday morning, so I don't even know how Wednesday in the NBA has gone for me yet. Can't tell you good or bad. But we want to get this information out there, so we're going to go through these two games and share what I've got, hopefully find some good spots. First up, we have the Milwaukee Bucks making their season debut against the Philadelphia 76ers in their second game. Philadelphia obviously off a significant loss, not in terms of how important it is, but in terms of how much they lost by to the Boston Celtics. They were in that game through three quarters, but end of the third quarter, the Celtics pulled away and didn't really look back. Philly got a bucket or two at the end to make it look a little closer than it probably was. In that game particularly, I thought Philadelphia's defense was most concerning to me. Boston was getting a lot of open looks. I know Embiid isn't always running all over the place, but he looked low on effort. And this is one of the things with the NBA regular season is effort's going to be up and down. It's a long season and guys are trying to preserve themselves. I think generally put enough effort to give themselves a chance to win the game. I don't mean that, but it's not always going to be maximum effort from all these guys. It seemed like Boston was a little more amped up for this game and came out with more energy and sustain, or at least sustained that all the way through the end. The first half was close. It was a good game for James Harden, which is one of the things that I said a couple days ago is if he can be a substantial player for Philadelphia this year, not even necessarily the superstar, but just a strong contributor that makes other people better that this is a team to watch out for. And at least in game one, he played really well. Got to give him credit for that. Going to go through a few things here early on in the season, looking at whatever factors we can find. Certainly getting a game under Philadelphia's belt gave us a little bit to look at. Overall, I think their pieces looked strong. Definitely not concerned about them. <laughs> it would be kind of ridiculous to be concerned after one game. So looking at the preseason, Milwaukee went 0-5. I don't really care for a team like this. We know this is a good team that's going to rest guys and probably doesn't care about the preseason at all. I care more about it for teams that have changed a lot or younger teams, so whatever. Philadelphia went 4-0 in the preseason. We saw how much that mattered in Game 1. Looking back to the first 10 games of last season, though, Milwaukee did come out kind of slow, 4-6, and 1-4 and at home, 3-2 and on the road. They're playing this game on the road, so their offensive rating through those first 10 games last year, 109.2. Um, oh, no, sorry, that's points per game, 109.2. Offensive rating was 106.6. Defensive rating, 106.2. Pace, 102.7, and a margin of victory of 0.4. So, meh. Fine, on all counts. Nothing amazing, nothing terrible. Philadelphia, as we talked about a couple days ago, came out hot, went 8-2. and two. Four and one at home, four and one on the road. Their offensive rating was 116.1 at home, defensive rating of 107.7, and a margin of victory of 8.4. So they came out and played really well at home to begin the season last year. I kind of look for that to happen again here. Milwaukee has Connaughton, Middleton, and Ingles all out. Joe Ingles was really their only addition in the offseason, and he's coming off of an injury. Still won't be playing. Philadelphia, again, added Harrell House, Melton Tucker, 
lost Danny Green. Doesn't look like they should have any injury concerns. In terms of how these two teams match up against each other, Milwaukee has won seven of the last eight. They won those games by two, three, two. Well, they won by two, lost by three, won by nine. So those were close. Lost by 38, seven, four, 21, and 11. So most of the games were less than a 10 point, uh, 10 point margin. But Mil- Milwaukee has been dominant in this matchup in the last three years. Milwaukee's four and one against the spread in the last five between these teams. The over is four and one in the last five, and the over is six and one in the last seven at Philadelphia, for whatever those trends are worth. In Philly's first game against Boston, as I mentioned, a couple stats to just back up what I said at the beginning. It was a rough night on defense, 128.3 defensive rating. That's atrocious. I mean, that will be up there, I would imagine, with the worst defensive games that we will say see Philadelphia play all year. That's how bad that is. They were pretty good on offense, 119.2 offensive rating, so they did play well offensively. I would expect them in their home opener to come out and tighten the screws a little bit, play better defensively. Obviously, Milwaukee is a tough matchup, but Milwaukee is another one of these teams. I could I could really see Milwaukee coming out similarly to how Philadelphia did, playing in Boston in their first game where it's close game back and forth, but maybe they just don't have the edge uh, all the way to the end to close it out. At minus three and a half, I'm not a huge fan of the spread here. My best advice with this one, because uh, I w- I am on the Philadelphia side, and tr- I, I I would rather take Philadelphia minus three and a half than Milwaukee plus three and a half, but I would rather just wait and try to get Philadelphia money line or even with a few points live this should be a back and forth game like boston and philadelphia was to start out that's what i would expect and so you should be able to get a better line live than you can get pre-game and that's where i would look because it could be close going down the stretch though i wouldn't be surprised to see philadelphia win by six seven eight points something like that here in terms of the total i would lean toward the over philadelphia's offense was strong their defense was bad in the first game Again, even if they tighten that up some, these are both teams that are capable of scoring a lot. So at 225, I would expect this to go over. I have not bet that yet, but that is the bet that I am looking at pregame for this one. Second game features another team making its season debut and a team playing their second game. As the Clippers go to the Lakers, Clippers are minus four and it's a 221 total. Let's start out talking about additions and subtractions to these rosters. We did this with the Lakers a little bit in their first game, so I'll go through that quickly. The Clippers added John Wall. Who knows whether that's a good thing or not? He's played so little that in the last three years that it is really hard to know what adding John Wall does for this team. I doubt that it's negative. I just don't know how big of a positive it is. Obviously, the big news here is getting Kawhi Leonard back. He did play in the preseason, so I would expect him to be starting in this game. Kawhi's always going to have the load management, and that's going to be taking nights off, but it may also be limiting minutes. So I don't necessarily play see him playing a full complement of minutes in the first game, but I think he should be out there. And this team found a way to be relatively good without him last year. And so um, I think just having him out there will be a positive for the time that he can be out there. In the preseason, the Clippers went 1-2, and two, scored 102, 117, 115. Again, I, with a team like this, I don't care very much. 
But just throwing it out there for what it's worth, as I shared before, the Lakers went 0-6. They lost their first regular season game. So if you include preseason, which we could just for fun, why the hell not? They're now 0-7 in their last seven games. The Lakers had a total overhaul of their bench and a little bit of maybe their starting unit as they lost Bazemore, THT, Malik Monk, and added Pat Bev, Schroeder, who was out with an injury, Juan Toscano-Anderson, and Lonnie Walker. Those people are going to have to play better than they did in the first game. To be honest, LeBron is going to have to be more efficient as well. If we want to talk about this game against Golden State, uh, to be fair, I haven't gone back to watch it yet, and I'm on the East Coast, so I went to bed a little ways into the first quarter. I just couldn't stay up for it. But looking back at the box score, it looked like Anthony Davis played okay, though he went 0 for 3 from three-point range again. We talked about his shooting woes from last season. If that continues, it's not a positive for the Lakers. I, I talked in the first video about how I'm concerned about Anthony Davis and what level he can actually play at in terms of carrying this team. It looks from the box score like LeBron was trying to carry this team again, very high volume in pretty much every category. Um, his shooting was not incredibly efficient, but he did have eight assists. And surprisingly, Russ played reasonably well. The highlight going around the internet is of him taking that step back three and airballing it. But I believe he went one for three from three-point range, uh, had a double-double. So it didn't look like Russ played incredibly bad. He's getting crapped on a lot, and I've been one of the ones crapping on him to own that. I still think that having Russ on that team is not a good thing for chemistry and isn't a positive in the long run. And as long as he's there and a significant piece, this is a team I'm going to continue to be down on. In that game against Golden State, the Lakers' offensive rating was 95.9. That's really bad. I'm sure that they'll have other games that are lower than that this season. It's not worst of the season bad, but it's bad. 43% field goal percentage, 25% from three-point range, 21 turnovers. Just a bad offensive game for the Lakers. Doesn't bode well going up a team against a team that was good on defense last year and now gets Kawhi Leonard back. So should be even better on defense this year. Their defensive rating was 108.2, which is okay. It falls in that middle range of just fine. Even shaded a little bit toward good, but... In terms of the Clippers versus the Lakers specifically, um, the Clippers have won seven straight. And they've won those games by 21, 3, 1, 4, 22, 18, and 7. So in about half of them, it's been by a significant margin. The other half, not so much. The Clippers are 10-1 and 1 against the spread in the last 11 versus the Lakers. And there are trends both to the over and the under here. Uh, four of the last 10 games between these two teams have gone under, or sorry, four of 10 have gone over that 221 total. So six have gone under for whatever that's worth. Obviously, the rosters are slightly different, though there is some continuity, especially in terms of the starting lineups other than Kawhi. On this game, I just have to continue to fade the Lakers against decent teams until they show me something. I know that people want to look at the Lakers as at least a play-in team, if not fighting to get up into that six or five spot. I just don't see it. Maybe if they can get rid of Russ and make a, a few roster changes, maybe it can happen with AD and LeBron. They are going to have some good nights here and there. But this is a team that I think we can still sell on here. The Clippers should be stronger this year with Kawhi back. 
they proved to be a, a good team last year, not a great team, even without him. And so I think that the Clippers should have a strong season. I do think they're challenging um, to be in those top four seeds in the West this year. And that gets started in this game. This is their opener. Obviously, it's in L.A. for both teams, even though it's a home team home game for the Lakers. This is another one where I'm wrestling with whether to take the Clippers minus four or to watch it live again. I don't necessarily um, love the minus four, but it's probably probably seems about right to me. In terms of the total, I would look to the under here. Actually, I know that the the Lakers played decent defense in their first game. I think the Clippers' strength is going to be their defense. I think both these teams are going to play a little bit slow. And so I would look for this to be a little bit more of a defensive matchup. Maybe it's like a 112 to 106 kind of game, which says that I'm putting it close to this total, which is why I wouldn't expect myself to actually place a bet on it. But if I was going to go one way or the other, it would be to the under. All right. Those are the two games for Thursday's slate. Enjoy your NBA. I'll talk to you later.